Hello, welcome to episode number two of Church Technology. Uh, last week, our very first episode, we were talking about websites, and we're going to go into a lot more detail uh, in websites coming up. I've actually gotten uh, quite a few emails with questions, uh, particularly around the Flash-based sites. I was avoiding uh, mentioning any particular uh, provider, um, because, particularly because I think that provider is working on HTML5. So I'm just trying to, to continue on a different path until we hear from them for sure. However, uh, this week, uh, I do have another uh, question that came up, and that is how to use cloud-based services, or is it even safe uh, to use cloud-based services? Um, and this came partially from one of our other shows, um, Security Decoded, where we had the question about using cloud-based services. And uh, it came into being, it eventually turned over to be a, a church-type discussion as well. So is it safe? Is your member data safe in the cloud? That type of thing. And um, I have some personal experience with a number of different cloud services uh, relating to the church-type stuff, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here as well. So uh, first thing, let's talk about the cloud-based email. So is it safe to use cloud based email. So the question uh, came from somebody using um, Microsoft's Outlook uh, cloud-based solution. And is it safe? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't see much of a risk with using something like that. It's pretty well protected. Microsoft's uh, getting much better at security. I mean, they're working really hard on Windows, but their network security is is pretty decent around some of their, their cloud-based products. So I would say there's not much danger there. And I want to take that a little bit farther because the most popular one, though, is probably Gmail, and that's in, in Google Apps. And uh, is it safe? Um, yeah, I would think it's safe, too. Um, we actually use Google Apps. Uh, a lot here. In fact, we moved, we used to have the hosts exchanged in the cloud and we went to Google apps and uh, more for collaboration. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about with the cloud-based technology more than saving money is the collaboration, especially for small churches that maybe don't have or have volunteers that aren't in the office every day. They only work only at night and the collaboration gets very hard if not everybody's together and it just makes it much easier if you have a solution like Google apps. So, there's actually some things inside Google Apps that um, I can recommend as well. Like there's one called Podio, which is great for, um, it's an app, it's free if you have Google Apps um, that allows you to do project management and you can use that with your ministries to keep certain things, all things under control, everybody communicating together and stuff like that. So and again, that's free. However, I will say Google Apps is no longer free. At one point it was free. Now it's like $5 per user. So if you're talking about a church with five people, let's say it's $25 a month, it gives you, I think it gives you each like five gigabytes of storage and uh, for document storage. But the thing about using Google Apps is you don't, go, you wouldn't have to buy Microsoft Word anymore if you didn't really want to, because you can all work off Google Docs in the cloud. And the other thing, it allows you to, which I don't have it here, my Chromebook, allows you to buy very inexpensive laptop-like devices that people can get into your uh, accounts. Like, say you have a volunteer, you don't want to buy the laptop, but they're doing a lot of documentation for you, keeping track of other volunteers. You can get them a $250 Chromebook, and they can get to the, the apps, and you can work with Compodio and all that stuff, or they can do it on their home computer for that matter. But if you want to provide them with something, you can provide them with something. It's very inexpensive, no no hard drive. It's all you know, flash based, uh, and very easy to control. So that's uh, the document side of it. Now, there's a bunch of things you can do in the cloud, uh, and I'm going to stick with Google Docs for a little bit. There's calendaring. You can put those calendars on your website if you wanted to, if you want to centralize your calendaring information. Um, you, can, you can do your mail. You can do your docs. You have, and docs include Excel, all that. Um, you can, the, the docs, if you have multiple accounts in the Google um, 
apps. You all can share documents as well. And if you've ever seen how Google Docs does sharing of documents, say two of you are in the document working on it together, <clears throat> you can see what each other's doing. So you can be in there together at the same time, Jake can change the document, see what each other's doing, and uh, without destroying anything. So it's awesome. It's an awesome way to do it. So um, the next thing would be file storage. And there's a number of things. Google Docs or Google Apps does have file storage. But by far the most popular file storage thing is Dropbox. Um, just about everybody's heard of Dropbox. And um, is it better than Google Docs? Uh, I don't know. We use Dropbox because we've used it longer than we've had Google Docs. So um, on Google Storage, I think it's it's syncing is better than Google Docs, but I'm not. That's it's been improved in Google too, so I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Um, so is there a danger there? Well, I think there's more of a danger possible with uh, Dropbox. Um, not that I think it's a high risk and depending on what kind of data, if you're storing service details and things like that, more than likely nobody's going to care necessarily about it. The uh, advantage I think to Dropbox is it's, uh, it's just been, it's a little more stable to me, it's a little more stable. Plus you can get a lot bigger storage, a lot less, I think it's expensive. Of course, that's all changing. Um, Google's getting really competitive with some of the pricing now, so that might not be the case anymore. So it's something to consider, but there's other ones too. There's uh, box.com is another one. It's Microsoft. Uh, product there's i there's um iDrive or is it iDrive or what's it Microsoft uh, box.com isn't Microsoft it's um I can't remember what it is but it's, Microsoft has a solution as well that you can get SkyDrive it's called SkyDrive um, so there's a bunch of different ones out there right now and I don't think any of them are any better than the other ones it's whatever you're used to using <clears throat> but if you already have a Google Apps account. You might want to look and see if it, what it would cost to add storage there since you just keep it all one one location that way. There is one thing about Google, the Google storage apps, and you can do a little bit better sharing control between other apps, other people that are on your same domain and everything as well. Okay, then there's Office 365, which is a pay per month or pay per quarter service from Microsoft for like Office. Now, you have to decide, do you really need full-blown Office? Now, if you're using PowerPoint for your services, then yeah, you probably need it. If you're on Macs uh, and you're using um, the Mac software and Keynote to do your shows, then then probably not. Um, but if you don't think you need it for, uh, for like doing Word documents like that, and you have, when you look at Google Apps, look at Google Apps, their, their apps document management stuff is pretty decent. Um, it's definitely not Word. But if you don't need all these advanced features in Word, you may be perfectly fine with it. Um, we use it for a lot of things here and don't use Word very much anymore. In fact, I only have Word on this machine. I do use Pages occasionally, but uh, typically I'm doing it in a Google Doc because it's powerful enough for most things that I want to do. So a few other things that are in the cloud. So we talked, we were so hard to talk about email and the basic stuff, but there's a lot of other things in the cloud for churches. I mean, it's amazing how many things are out there now uh, that you can that are available for churches to be able to use. And here's the advantage of using a cloud service. So, and I'm going to define a cloud service a little bit better. So a cloud, everybody thinks of the cloud. And basically, the cloud is basically a marketing term because we had cloud services before they were called cloud services. If you ever had a hosted exchange account, it was called hosted exchange, but it was a cloud service because it wasn't hosted by you. It was all in the. It was all on the internet somewhere, somewhere that you didn't really know where it was. You don't have to manage it. All you do is go in and set up your accounts. That's a cloud service, and they've been around a lot longer than what we call them cloud services. And uh, somebody created this marketing term called the cloud, and 
ever since then, we have this thing, it's in the cloud. Well, there's different types of clouds. There's private clouds, public clouds. There's clouds inside of companies that uh, that aren't public on the internet. They're all inside. And it just, it depends on who you talk to. One person will say a cloud technology is basically, as I described it, a service that's managed outside of your yourself. You don't got to worry about the service. You just sign up for it and the servers are all handled behind the scenes and you don't got to do anything. Um, that's the best definition of a cloud service I can find. Some people will call a cloud service a virtual a virtual environment. Well, yes, they are because they're in they're in the on the internet, and you've got to manage them. And typically, behind the scenes, when a cloud service is a virtual uh, virtual server type environment, so it really depends on who you talk to, what the cloud is. So when I talk about the cloud, I'm basically saying things that are hosted on the internet, not hosted in your facility. You don't have to worry about the management of them. Somebody else is doing the backup. Somebody else is changing the hard drives out. That's a cloud service. So whenever I talk about cloud, that's what I'm going to say a cloud is. So that being said, there are other services beyond just file storage and uh, email and documents and all this stuff that can support your church. Now, um, I have experience with one called Fellowship One. So if you've never heard of it, you should probably go check it out. It's fellowshipone.com. It is a cloud based or a cloud service that manages your members. So it has the ability to keep track of anybody that comes to your church, um, what they've given. As far as contributions go, they have online contributions. They can keep track of small groups. They can do, they can keep track about any part of your church and it's all done completely in the cloud. The cool thing about them is they have some really neat check-in, kids check-in technologies uh, so they have self-check-in now. They have kiosks that you walk up and you basically put your, you give the person the phone number and they print a tag out and they can track where, where, who can, who can get the kid out of the class, what parents, all that stuff. It's all tracked in fellowship one, all your interaction with all your members. Um, it's all in there. All volunteers are in there. It keeps track of everything and it's all cloud-based, no servers on your site, no backups to do. Um, and it's great. Um, my church has been using it now since... Wow, eight years, maybe nine years now, and they converted from uh, a physical server. They no longer have a physical server for their membership system. They don't worry about backups. It's there. Plus, you can be anywhere. They have people that work out of their homes. No problem. It's a cloud-based service. As long as you have the internet, you can get up there and you can do work on on the site. So, uh, no no big deal there. Um, definitely say that is a decent cloud service. Um, I've actually been down to Texas. Uh, back when we originally were doing this and met with a lot of those people and they're, they're great. So I know some things have changed, but still everybody loves the software. So if you're looking for a membership solution, you don't want to worry about putting it on a server or you worry about your hard drive crashing, or maybe you've already lost your information a couple of times because you weren't backing it up properly. Look at something like Fellowship One. Um, I'm not saying there's no other ones out there. That's just the one that I know of. So there's another one and it's called Planning Center. And this is a uh, a service designed specifically for churches and planning your services. And if you have a music team, this is, they need this. I mean, it's one of those things where it manages anybody who plays, keeps track of their schedule, keeps the music online. Uh, you can put up um, all your sheet music. In fact, you can even put an iPad in front of somebody and log into Fellowship One and see the sheet music live while they're playing. Um, that has the ability for a director, if you have a, a technical director, to walk through the program live and people can be on there watching it. And as he goes through and says what section you're in, it's changing the page, things what's coming up next. It is truly a whole 
production management system designed just for churches. Now, it can be used for other things other than churches, um, definitely, but uh, it's a cloud-based solution that can do all the scheduling, uh, all the music management uh, and song management. You can transpose music in there. It does all that stuff uh, and for your church, and it's actually very, very inexpensive for what it does, and it's actually crazy inexpensive for what it does. So uh, you should probably go check that out. They got some cool iPad apps and iPhone apps for all that as well. And that's called planningcenteronline.com. So it's another cloud service. So probably what you're hearing me saying here is there is nothing really bad about cloud services. There are some things to consider. Um, so with Fellowship One, if you're using the contributions, your contributions information is stored there. Um, is that good or bad? Well, you have to make a decision. Some people have a hard time letting go of it, but is it any safer in your location, if you're not doing good malware management, uh, which from my experience, most churches do not do good malware management, so they have machines that are infected all the time. If you're taking in credit card and check information and your machine's infected, it's just as easy to get it leaked out. Where if you're using something like Fellowship One, that everything's encrypted in the process and they're storing it encrypted because they got to meet PCI compliance rules and on the backup, I, I think it's not any more dangerous to store it in the cloud. Obviously, you don't want to store credit card and, and payment information and private information in somewhere like Google Docs, especially if it's shared. Um, but um, y'all know it's not any more dangerous than storing it on your computer. So uh, especially depending on the smaller churches that come in and sometimes the offices are open and the secretary's computer is on and somebody can get on there and use it to get to the internet and it's hard to see what they're going to see. You know, is that any more dangerous? Nah, probably not. So there's a whole other discussion about security of the data. Um, and yes, I think churches are too lax on security. And again, that's just my security hat coming from Security Decoded and Security 101 and, and being in that industry. But um, I just know the data the churches store and is very sensitive. So when I say that I don't think you have much danger going to the cloud, I don't think you have much danger going to the cloud because I'm very sensitive about uh, private data going to the cloud. That's my day-to-day -day, uh, thing is, you know, personal data and credit card data protection. So I definitely live that every day. Um, so I've given you a couple different options for cloud-based services. Um, they're not the only ones out there, but they're probably the most popular ones. But you can definitely save money. So here's how you're going to save money. If you're running a service right now, you probably have a volunteer that's coming in, working on a server. The server needs backed up if it's being backed up. So the question is, is your server being backed up? And if it's not, you better get it backed up. Um, so you got to maintain the electricity. You got to have somebody come in and maintain the hardware. Hardware goes down. Um, you can probably only get your data from inside of the church if your server's in the church. Um, so you're not, you're limited to you know, where people can be as far as volunteers go. And if you don't, then you got to have VPN or some kind of remote capabilities. You got to pay for that as well. Um, what happens um, if you have a, a a severe fire? I mean, all stuff. You know, you're backing up, taking it off site. You have all these different things you have to worry about about the server. Does the server need to upgrade it? Does it need more RAM? Is the hard drive failing? Um, you just think of all different things you have where you go to a cloud-based services, that's none of your worry. Your worry is, you know, paying them the monthly fee, which for most of these things that I'm talking about is very minimal, and that's it. You know, you can access it from anywhere. You want you want to go on vacation for a couple of days, but you want to make sure you're not letting things fall through the cracks. You can get on for vacation check it. I'll not recommend vacation checking, but some people do it, you know. Um, 
It's very easy to set up, and most of these cloud services are, for example, Google Email. You can use almost any browser or any client you want uh, to get your mail. No, you can you can mix and match. You can go to Mac and PC, where if you're running a PC network, Macs, they work fine with PCs, but uh, just not as easy. If you're running a, a Mac-type server, your PC doesn't work well with it. So, I mean, it's all these different things where you go to cloud-based services, they work on everything. That's, what the, that's their job, to make it work on everything. So, um, saving money. It depends uh, in your particular instance, but in most cases, I think in the long run, you save money. You have uh, a little bit better security as far as data being backed up, um, as far as the data leakage security. Uh, I don't think there's much risk with most of these things these days. Um, you know, you hear occasionally one of these, in fact, I don't think I've ever heard anything from Google. In fact, if you're worried about Google leaking your data, you can get two-factor authentication with Google so that you require some kind of a secondary authentication so they know who you are if you're that worried about it. Um, but, you know, that's probably more of the protection than what you have in your local facility. So look at it from that point of view. All right, that's kind of what I wanted to cover this week was just cloud-based technology. I've had lots of questions about it. Is it dangerous? And uh, the answer I would say is not overly dangerous. You will find most corporations are restricting access to things like Dropbox. Uh, they're putting up their own, maybe they may go to box.com or something like that where they buy a certain area or private cloud areas. Um, but just because they have so many, such a big organization, they're hard to control. If you're a, a, a small, medium-sized church, you can control it, no problem. So I don't think you have much of a risk there as far as the leakage goes. No more than if, you're, if your AV is out of, out of uh, date, which is what, I, is what I find in most churches is your AV is out of date. So anyways... That's it for this week. Just a reminder, this is only our second episode of this show, uh, and it is done every Monday, and we release it every Monday. Uh, and we can get us on YouTube at youtube.com slash and it's all of our shows are out there. There is a playlist just for this particular show, but you may find some of other shows interesting as well. I've been talking about security this week. You can look at Security Decoded, Security 101, just good stuff on those. Um, you can also go to techzen.tv, and uh, all of our show notes are there. So if you want to look at the show notes from this show or any of other shows, uh, you can get that there. And if you're getting us downloaded automatically, then you can uh, get us off of iTunes or any other podcast directories. Uh, pick your favorite one. But whichever one you use, we definitely appreciate if you'd go out and give us a rating because it helps us to get found if we have ratings in uh, more than people understand. It helps us a lot <laughs> uh, if you've got us rating. If, you just, if you're on iTunes... Go uh, give us a rating, give us a comment. This helps us get found inside of iTunes. All right, that is it this week for Church Technology. We'll see you next week. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.